Let's do this. It's the Backroom Talk Show. Hey guys, what's going on? It is Bart coming at you with an episode of the Backroom Talk Show. And this is going to be a special one. Uh, I am going to review the new Tool album. And I am extremely, extremely excited just to even be able to talk about it. So, here's the thing. The podcast is going to be released before the album. I'm going to release this podcast today, Wednesday, August 28th, I think. Is it the 28th? It's the 28th. So anyways, going to release this podcast. Today's the 28th of August. I've heard the album. I have heard it. I did not download it. I did not do anything illegal. I listened to it. I guess maybe that's... I. It's okay to listen to it, right? I, mean, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. So anyways, I have heard the Tool album more than once, multiple times. Had a little listening party somewhere. Listened to it over and over. Probably my whole evening. So let, let's get right to the meat and potatoes of what this album is. Tool fans, you will not be disappointed. It is a Tool album through and through. It is not something new something crazy it's they didn't go and change their sound this is absolutely a tool album and i think it's one that everyone is going to love if you're a hardcore tool fan you are going to love this album if you are a casual tool fan that just likes uh the song sober and schism you like the singles like a bunch of other lame ass folks that listen to just singles off albums you're not going to like it more than likely because they did not cater to anyone who is into merely a single. This is not, this is not who this album is for. This album is one. I think it's for tool. I think they made this album strictly for them. Like they always do, but they did it to where it's also for us. It is for the hardcore tool fan. 100%. So let's, let's dive right into it. Does this album sound like anything else that they have done? Absolutely. And I'm going to explain more in some of the track reviews that I go through. But this album definitely is the perfect follow-up to 10,000 Days. There's a lot of 10,000 Days elements in there. And you know, I was looking online and I saw a lot of... Uh, Every time you go read a review about an album or go read this or that about, you know, anything to do with Tool, sometimes you get the whole every Tool album ranked from worst to best or, or whatever. And every time, like, I see 10,000 Days ranked, you know, near the last spot. And maybe it's just because I'm such a hardcore Tool fan, but I, it, it upsets me. It, honest to God, it, it upsets me to see that because 10,000 Days was a great fucking album. Great fucking album. Granted, if I had to rank them right here, right now, I would go Lateralis as my favorite album. I think that was a masterpiece from start to finish. Then I actually go 10,000 Days. I think it, the progression of the band and what they became uh, on that fourth album was just magical. So that would be my number two. Number three for me would probably be, oh, see, three, Enema and Undertow are on even footing to me, and I love them both. Me ranking them behind the other two in no way, shape, or form means that I dislike them 
or even like them much less than the others. Like every Tool album is so close to me in quality. Opiate, of course, just because it was an EP, uh, just because it was an early recording and they hadn't really got too proggy yet, prog rockish, so to speak. That That's easily the one I like the least, but I still love that album. So this one, Fear Inoculum. I would classify it as the perfect blend between 10,000 Days and Lateralis most of the way through. Again, I will explain why. So so first off, we, we've got the track. Uh, the title track came out weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And from what I can tell, everyone, mostly everyone, you're going to have your haters everywhere, but most everyone loved it. And for good reason. It's a great song. I mistakenly posted on Twitter at, at Bark Back Row that if uh, I, I had hoped that Fear Inoculum was the weakest track on the album. I hoped that. I think any Tool fan would hope that. I think any Tool fan that hears the first track is like, man, if this is the weakest song on the album, this is going to be absolutely amazing. So I was one of those guys. I was really hoping that that was the weakest because there were some elements in that song that I felt were a tiny bit repetitive. Like the chugging guitar and drums at the end, even though it's amazing, just felt a little bit repetitive. Uh, some of the riffs in there kind of felt like uh, exact riffs from other songs. Like, I, I want to say 46 and 2, I can't remember exactly. But but anyways, there was a lot lot of similarities in that song, but there was a lot of new elements as well. Now, before I dive all the way in, let's talk about who takes charge on this album. To me, the band itself has taken charge on most albums. I feel like the band is the front and centerpiece. Maynard is kind of the, uh, the, the accent wall to the whole room. And I think that's evident when you go see him in concert. Maynard tends to, you know, uh, fold back into the fray a little bit while the band is up front. So I think it's meant to be that way. The music is what makes Tool Tool. If it wasn't, we would all love a perfect circle and Pucifer just as much as Tool. And maybe some of us do. I'm not one of those people. I love a perfect circle. I think they're fantastic. Uh, Pucifer, I honestly, it hasn't grabbed me enough to pull me in, but I do like it. So Tool is Tool for a reason. It's about the band, and Maynard is perfect, is the perfect vocalist to go with the band. I couldn't imagine any other style of singer singing with the band. But definitely Adam Jones, Justin Chancellor, Danny Carey, they are front and center on this album from start to finish. More so than most is Danny Carey. This is his album. This is probably the best drumming I have ever heard on any album ever. And I know that that's saying a lot. There's so many, you know, there's the John Bonhams of the world. There's the Neil Perts of the world. Like this album though, this drumming is absolutely inhuman. It is from another world. I can't believe that he even was able to lay down some of the drum tracks that he was. It's, it's mind blowing. So Danny Carey to me, front and center on this album, followed by Adam Adam has like, this is his Guitar God album, in my opinion. Some of the solos and riffs are just blazing. Like he has added a lot of, of sounds to his repertoire. He sounds fantastic. Justin Chancellor, 
you know, the base is there. There's definitely your basey moments, but he is just the perfect complement to Adam. So those guys definitely shine on this one. Maynard takes a little bit of a step back. If you're expecting a lot of overpowering uh, Maynard vocals, you may be disappointed in this one because it is not overpowering. He does not scream. There's not a lot of yelling. He does do some of his like deeper voice grunting, which is, you know, some of my favorite Maynard style vocals. But for the most part, he is there uh, as support. I, I mean, he's there as the supporting instrument. The voice comes last, but don't get me wrong. It's still fantastic. It's still Maynard. Still sounds 100% like Tool. So don't, don't take me, you know, too lightly. Or too, not too lightly. Don't take me too much at my word that Maynard's not evident on this album. I think you many people could take it different ways and say Maynard was very evident on this album. pause for a water drink. That's what just happened there. I'm going to dry my mouth out talking about this one. So let's get right into it. Fear Inoculum. It came out. I was so excited, but I was so afraid. It's been 13 years. Fear Inoculum comes out. They released a single. I wake up in the morning. It wasn't there yet when I was on my way to work. So I was so disappointed that I couldn't listen to it in the car. So I ended up listening to it on a small set of computer speakers on my way to work. And that was disappointing. I didn't get the full effect. To, to listen to Tool and to enjoy it to its fullest potential, you have to be engulfed in the sound. You have to have a pair of headphones or be in a car by yourself with it just cranked up. That's the best way to enjoy it is to get that full immersion of sound all around you. I made a mistake. Listen to that single, even though it's probably not going to be an actual released single per radio terms. But I listened to it at work on speakers. I had to turn it up and down depending on how busy the place was. And it it was, uh, I was slightly disappointed because I just didn't grasp. I didn't, I, I think I was expecting something radically different, like, but still told just radically different. And I, I should have known better. So Fear Inoculum at first, I was like, not sure. So as Tool fans do, I listened to this song for days and days on repeat. Nothing else. I listened to nothing else but Fear Inoculum, the first track on the album, for days. And guess what? Just like Tool always does, I was blown away. It just took a little minute to interlope itself and wrap itself around all my nerve endings, so to speak. It took a while to really grasp me and take me to another place. And it did. I, I would... Uh, I would give Fear Inoculum straight off the rip a 9 out of 10 as far as a grading scale goes on a 10 scale, obviously. But the opening with the cello was amazing. The ambient noise is amazing. Uh, the guitar playing all throughout until the very end was amazing. I wasn't a big fan of the repetitive chugs at the end, but it still gets me. It still got me excited and still gets me excited because it's Tool. Like, their worst song is better than most bands' best song. That's just what Tool is to us. It's so intricate, so layered, so deep. It's just such an experience that no matter no matter what song you're listening to, if you're a massive Tool fan, you're loving every minute of it. So did I love every minute of Fear, a Fear Inoculum? By the time I let it, you know, wrap me up? Yes, I did. Fear Inoculum was fantastic. I'm not going to get too deep into 
what happens in the song from start to end because I'm sure you've all heard it. What I want to focus on more is the songs that you haven't heard. So the second track on Fear Inoculum is called Numa. Numa starts out very clean. Starts out with a clean uh, guitar picking like Adam Jones is, does in a lot of uh, Tools albums. He picks the guitar. It's a beautiful riff. Uh, Danny kind of soothes you with the bongo-like tribal drums to begin with. And then Maynard comes in and sings very softly, very a perfect circle-like, Pucifer-like, I would say. Really soft touch of Maynard. Now, as far as the overall sound of the song, it if I had to classify it based on another Tool song, Numa sounds a lot like Schism. Now, I say that, and I, it doesn't sound exactly like it. It doesn't sound even remotely like the actual song. It just gives you the feel. The rhythm and the pace and just the ambience of the song feels a lot like Schism. The guitar tone, the clean guitar, sounds absolutely fantastic. I love that Adam incorporated a lot of clean guitar so sounds into this album because it is beautiful. Um, transitions. The transitions in this one are beautiful. This song will go from slow to heavy, from fast back to slow. It, it's, it's an amazing song. The riffs, the main riffs of the song, the picking kind of turns into the riffs. So the style of picking, Adam turns around and plays the riffs in that same style, and it just works beautifully. Uh, Danny plays some synth, uh, does some synthesizer sounds in this one, and a lot of tribal drumming near the end, and it gets super heavy at the end. Maynard's voice deepens, and he gets that echo that you heard in 10,000 Days a lot, that ambient Maynard echo, and they it closes out very heavy. It's a it's a fantastic song. Fear Inoculum, by the time I got to this album, I had listened to Fear Inoculum so many times that I could not, I couldn't start the album out with it. I will when I get my CD in the mail, definitely, from start to finish, but I went straight to Numa whenever I got the opportunity to listen to this album, and I was not disappointed. This song for me is a 10 out of 10. That's coming from a tenured OGT a long time, long time Tool fan of going on almost 30 years, which is amazingly crazy to say. So Numa, fantastic song. It's Tool through and through, starts out nice and slow, gets to a, a, an amazing buildup, and then it goes back and forth just to kind of toy with you a little bit after Fear Inoculum. And then we transition. I don't have any of the transition tracks, have not heard them, so straight to Invincible We Go, which is the next actual song on the record. And Maynard sings pretty much from the get-go. Pretty much immediately, Maynard starts singing uh, soft and slow. The vocals are absolutely gorgeous on this one. I don't know if you have listened to the YouTube live versions of Invincible. I did not. I refrained from listening to them. I just had no interest in hearing anything but the finished product. So I waited for the finished product and I was not disappointed. Uh, Adam digs into this one about three-fourths of the way through with a, uh, a picked-up guitar pace and a lot of the slow chugging with the, the chugging uh, drums with it. The muted chugs are at play here. 
absolutely beautiful. More synth from Danny towards the end. This is a long, beautiful song. Might be, out of the first three, Fear Inoculum, Numa, and Invincible, Numa and Invincible are right there as maybe my favorite songs initially. I'm like, these two tracks are epic and wonderful and just take you on a journey. It was absolutely amazing. So that one, Invincible to me, the first words that came to mind was a epic masterpiece. And Danny Carey just absolutely killed it at the end. He kills it on the whole album. I th This is Danny Carey's best work. This is any drummer of all time's best work, in my opinion. So, 10 out of 10 on that one. So, so far, Fear Inoculum, 9 out of 10. Numa, 10-10 for me. Invincible, 10-10 for me. And then we go on to Descending. Okay, so Descending starts out, and immediately, this, this track was very, very, very much a 10,000 Days track. I feel like this could have been on 10,000 Days. We wouldn't have known the difference. It wouldn't have sounded any more ahead of the game or behind the game, so to speak. Uh, but there, the guitar picking, again, Adam starts it out with guitar picking. Maynard is very relaxing. He's got a very uh, perfect circle tone on this track. And then, of course, the picking turns into the, the heavier rhythm, and it just gets loud and deep. Got a slide guitar solo in there. Adam uses a slide for a solo. It sounds very ZZ Top-ish, should I say. It just sounds a little badass Western heavy rock. I don't know how else to describe it. But we get some lateralis synth sound. I don't know if you remember that, but like the whole... Excuse me if I sounded fucking ridiculous, but we get that lateralis synth sound in there, and I absolutely loved it. Took me back to lateralis which is my favorite album probably of all time. And they they gave all Tool fans a lot on this record. They gave you old, they gave you new, and they gave you things that you've never heard before out of Tool. So, so far, so good out of this new album. Descending is an epic track as well. Long, spiraling. The only thing about Descending was it, it didn't grasp me as hard as the first three songs on the album. And I've read a lot of reviews, and a lot of reviews say that this is the track, so to speak. Like, this is the best track on the album. I tend to disagree. I don't think it is the best track on the album. But Descending is good, like any Tool song. I give it a 8 out of a 10. So that takes us from Inoculum, 9 out of 10. Numa, 10, 10. Invincible, 10, 10. And Descending, 8 out of 10. Just was not as good as the other tracks for me, but still amazing. So let's move on. Uh, next song, actual song, is Calling Voices. Okay, so Calling Voices gives you a very creepy movie intro to start out. And it really kind of sets the tone. Very curious to hear these uh, transition tracks. This is the first time I've been excited to hear transition tracks. Like, I am genuinely excited to hear some of those crazy ambient noise tracks that Tool puts in between some of the songs. First time ever. I guess it's just 13 years will build you up to being pumped about those. But Calling Voices, creepy movie intro, uh, picking, 
more atom picking, but it's very high notes. It's a happier, you know, brighter sound out of Tool. It's not dark. It's not brooding. It's, it's very beautiful to start out. Very clean, very beautiful. And the first half of the song, no major transitions. I mean, you've got Maynard singing very angelic-like, and it goes on for half the song. Five out of ten minutes. Very relaxing and awesome song, but it prepares you for what is to come. So, Calling Voices, nice and slow to start out. Halfway through, you get that steady progression that only Tool gives you in the most satisfying way. And then halfway through, boom. Adam and Danny and Justin get into it. This is Tool at their absolute best. Halfway through Calling Voices, they shift to a very ferocious barrage of awesomeness. And this might even have my favorite ending. I forgot to talk about Invincible's ending, by the way. The ending of Invincible, the song stops. And you think it's over. And then it just comes with this very sweet, sweet riff. And Maynard singing in a faster pace. The riff never stops. It's not a chug. There's no space in between. It is a just a rolling wave effect of music at the end to close it out. Invincible's ending, fantastic. Chills all the way through my body. Then you got Calling Voices, same thing. This is probably the second best ending, if not the first, on the album. They really get into it at the end and put on a full jam session. And like I said, that ending is very close to Invincible as far as quality goes. It might be better because it lasts longer. Invincible was a quick barrage of an ending that just put your nerve endings, you know, straight in the air. Calling Voices does that for a lot longer. So it's a toss-up. You listen, you let me know. Go follow at uh, go follow me on Twitter, back at Backrow Talk Show. Let me know what you think of the album. Let me know what you think of all these things. But I've got more to talk about. Let's finish this up. Calling Voices, absolutely brilliant song. A lot of people I've talked to that have heard the album were not particularly fond of this one over the other tracks. And I think that's just because it is a slower softer song to start with for a full five minutes but if you followed tool their whole career and you're anything like me like i actually appreciate that soft start and the build-up and even when it goes back and forth like some of my favorite tool tracks now are the more progressive rock tracks i think that's why i love ladder alice and Ten Thousand days i love what tool evolved into from eventually being a kind of, I don't want to say a metal band, but a heavier, you know, four or five, six minute song band to these long, epic 15 minute journeys. Like I prefer the journey. The, the journey is what Tool takes you on. It's why Tool was so amazing. So Calling Voices to me was absolutely fantastic. Again, 10 out of 10. Like so far, three tracks out of seven, 10 out of 10. Descending eight out of 10. Uh, Fear Inoculum, 9 out of 10. So far, a brilliant album. But guess what? Calling Voices ends. We get Chocolate Chip Trip. <laughs> not, not a lot to talk about on this one. It's kind of a Trent Reznor-ish, like modern Nine Inch Nails synth song with a Danny Carey drum barrage for like five minutes that is just mind-blowing. You can't believe that Danny Carey only has two arms listening to Chocolate Chip Trip. 
And apparently he recorded this song while the others were taking a break. So Tool goes on a little break, goes outside. Maybe they smoke a cigarette. Maybe they don't smoke a cigarette. Maybe they drink a glass of wine. Maybe they go outside and talk about how crazy ass their, their fans are. But while they're doing that, Danny Carey sits behind the, uh, the rolling synth, starts laying down some tracks, and apparently goes and does some drumming on top of it. I don't know what kind of break they took, but if Danny Carey did this in one take while they were on break, he is truly the greatest drummer alive. So Chocolate Chip Trip, if you're a, if you're a drummer or appreciate drumming, this track is absolutely phenomenal just for the purpose of drumming. Otherwise, it's very crazy. I It, it grew on me too. But it is one of those tracks where you're like, that's not a song. But it kind of is. Kind of is. Okay. Closing the album out. You got Tempest. This is the song everyone's been talking about. Everyone heard it was a 20-minute journey. It's actually a 15-minute epic journey. And guess what, Tool fans? All you old school Tool fans, and new actually, this song is for you. Because this song wastes no time getting straight to the heavy. It starts out with a opiate-like feel from the get-go. And I don't mean a feel, it's opiate. This track could have been on opiate at points. It could have been on undertow at points. Could have been on lateralis at points, 10,000 days. And then finally, Fear Inoculum. This is every album wrapped into one song. It opens like a clockwork wind chime like a clock and a wind chime dance together for a minute like it's ambient it's relaxing but only for 60 seconds or so and then the gloves come off and opiate and undertow on full display right from the get-go maynard is angry on this one he's grunting he's singing old tool through and through adam does like massive solos on this song kind of it's kind of opiate meets fear inoculum whenever he gets into the solos because there's it's a blazing solo but it can turn into proggy it just goes back and forth you know as tool fans that this is so hard to explain because tool does so much with just a few instruments it's absolutely fantastic so four minutes in we get a ten thousand days transition in this song then lateralis a few minutes later then immediately back to Opiate. I, I know this is generalizing, but this album, this song, brings so many different tool sounds to the table, and it never lets up. Like, this song is blazing from start to finish. There's multiple solos in this that are fantastic. Adam's best guitar solo ever is in this song. And when you hear it, you'll know it. And when you hear it, go on Twitter and let me know that you heard it and that you agree. Because it won hell of a guitar solo. So, from start to finish, I did say it, it, it never stops. But it does slow down for a little bit of an undertow-like creepy chugging. But that's not stopping. That's heavy tool. We all know what tool is these days. The chugging, the, uh, chugging guitar sounds, that's tool. That's tool being heavy. So, it slows down for some of that. Another cool solo, and boom. We've got 10 minutes in, an angry, blazing last five minutes. This track is everything that every Tool fan ever wanted. Only thing that scares me about that, was this like the farewell song? Like Tool knows they're not going to record another album? Was this 
Hey, Tool fans, thanks for all the years. Here's one last track for you, and it, it's every sound we've ever done in one song. That worries me. <laughs> that worries me a lot, because I would rather wait another 13 years than not get another Tool album. So the fact, the fact that they did that song does have me worried. Make, makes me think there's no more Tool coming in the future. And the guys are a little older. Danny Carey's 58. The other guys are in their 50s, I think. So you never know. I mean, maybe they don't want to be the Rolling Stones, but that song, Tempest, just because of what it is, 10 out of 10. So, <laughs> yeah, ultimate Tool fan here. I try not to be biased. The album's like a 9.7 out of 10 for me, easily. Tempest is amazing. Every song is amazing. Literally every song is amazing. You just have to be a Tool fan that likes to listen to an album from start to end, or else this might not be for you. But for me, this was what I've been waiting for. This is going to be on rotation, the only thing in my rotation, for months on end, maybe years. I might listen to nothing but Tool for the next two to three years. Hard to tell. Now, apparently there's another transition track after Tempest, why? Why is there a transition track? It could be an ending track, but it sounds like it's a transition track. And it gives me a little bit of hope. This is going to be the hottest take out there. Probably 1% chance of it happening. What if we got a second Tool album? What if we got a double LP and that transition track leads to the next album? What if that happened? I would be blown away, amazed, and happy. They worked on this thing for at least four years that we know of. It took 13 years in the making. Maybe they're going to reward us Tool fans for being so patient. I, would, I don't want to say gracefully patient, but patient. Maybe they reward us with a double LP. Or maybe they just rewarded us with that last track saying, Farewell, folks. It's all Poosifer in a perfect circle from here on out. I hope that's not the case. But fans of Tool, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast audio review of the album. I know... There's only so much that could be said. You have to hear it for yourself. I'm almost sad that I couldn't play the album while I was talking about it, but I don't want to get busted for copyright infringement or anything like that. And we've only got a day and a half anyways. Day and a half, you can all listen to it. We'll all be happy. Let me know what you think about it on my Twitter, at Back Row Talk Show, I believe. I think that's it. I don't have time to look it up, but look for the Back Row Talk Show. It's there. Go to backrowfantasyshow.com. You can contact me if you want to talk to me that way. It's got my contact info on there. But Tool, Fear Inoculum, an epic return from an epic band. If you don't love it, you don't love Tool. Just saying. That was a little harsh. I'm sorry. So anyways, thanks for listening to me. Check out the album. Let me know what you thought. Backrow Talk Show. Peace out. See you next time.